What's up, guys? Hey, you guys. Did you know about that movie? Did you forget about the, the Jimmies? What is that movie called? Shit. I was ramping up the sentence, and I was like, by the time I get to the reference, I will, I'll remember it. And then it, it let me down. Sometimes I start a sentence, and I'm like, there's a reference at the end of this that I know I'm referencing, and hopefully I'll remember it by the time I get to the word. And it let me down. My memory let me down <laughs> in that moment. None of this stuff you need to know. This isn't a need-to-know basis. God, what's the fucking movie that I'm thinking of? The Jimmies? The Googlies? The Googlies? The Mooglies? The guy, when he's like, hey, you, hey, you guys. And his name is Sloth or something like that. And they're afraid of him, but he turns out he's just a really nice guy with an unfortunate disfigurement. The Goonies? Is it the Goonies? I think it's the Goonies. Yeah, what did I say? The fucking Jimmies? <laughs> what planet it was I raised on? Oh, man. I know I made a promise last week that I wouldn't be playing shit off of my phone into the microphone that I would have that part figured out. Well, guess what? I didn't make it on the top priorities list. And I kept procrastinating it until the night of the of my recording, which is Monday. I still haven't made up my mind whether I want to release these on Mondays or Tuesdays. But here I am. The pr I stand before you, arms outstretched in a in a please in a begging tone in a in a uh, pitiful way, with my hat in my hand. Asking you to forgive me because I made a promise and I did not follow through with it, but you know what? Uh, I, I'm sure it'll take me fucking 10 minutes to figure this out, but it's just so much easier to play it off of my phone. Uh, I do this to myself, you know? Oh, hello. It's everything that, at the beginning of this, I know I could talk about uh, the meme that at the beginning of lockdown, it was like, if you don't come out of this with a learned skill, you never lack the time, you lack the discipline. Well, fucking man, I always knew I lacked the discipline. That's not news to me. Thanks, beast mode, for shoving that in my face. I don't, I know I don't lack, I, I know I have no discipline at all, that I've been just coasting on my charm and charisma my entire life, and my natural gifts, whatever they may be, I'm just a burnout. Born and not even, I mean, I was going to say born and raised, but I was not raised to be a burnout. I just resisted every work ethic my entire life because it came easy. And look at me now. Look at all of us now. How are you doing? How's your week? How's your week, man? Fucking, it's where you're coming up on a year of lockdown. A year. Man, I did that COVID rules song, and I referenced two weeks. I'm like, two weeks in quarantine will be nothing. Don't worry. Let's just stick this one out, and, and we're going to be fine. I'll see you in two weeks. Let's We'll throw a big party. Ha. And here we are a year later. 
waiting for vaccines until September, dude. If you're living in Canada, fucking September. And I don't even know if that's ambitious. You know, I still have my doubts. I'm a, I'm a young, early 30s fucking quote-unquote artist. I'm more of a fartist. <laughs> but I'm an artist... And they did that survey at the beginning of, in the middle of quarantine that was like, who rate these uh, industries, rate these workers in order of importance? And artists came in last. And then all my friends shared some like meme that was like, oh yeah? Well, if it wasn't for us, what TV shows would you be watching? And I'm like, none of you write for The Office. Let's, let's have some perspective. Most of you are amateurs. <laughs> Most of you are out of work. Like me. <laughs> I don't know. I've always got to put some weird uh, fucking satirical spin on things. You know? Oh, I'm not consuming your... Ah, it's hard not to be negative, you know? Try and be positive. Hey, drink water. I got a Stanley Tucci. A fresh... Stanley Tucci by my side, right here. Mmm. Ah, oh, fresh lemon. That's a Tucci. That is a Tucci. Nobody can make a Tucci like me, unless you're Stanley himself. If Stanley Tucci walked through this door right now, how amazing would this podcast be? You guys, I watched. I check out the views on my shit. And uh, barely anyone listened to the last one. I get it. People only listen to my podcast when my roommate and friend is on. When I have an is interesting person on here. You guys are just humoring me. That's that imposter syndrome. You know... Hey, do you... Are you afraid of going back to the way things are? Like, September couldn't... Uh, I was about to say couldn't come soon enough, but that's not what I'm thinking. September can wait. Wake me up when September ends. That's what I say. I, I'm just worried that, you know, I was going through a lot of weird... I was... I'm not saying this to brag, but I was finding some success in my career. Right? I was, like, really catching fire right when the lockdown happened. And I joke that it's, you know, nobody gave a shit about anything I had to say until I threw on a wig and a dress. And that's mostly true. But there's still, you know, four, 13 years of comedy experience leading up to when people started paying attention to me. That's a lot of skill to build. So let's not forget that. You know, I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back there. But I digress. My point is, I was having a, a great year. But I was also under a lot of self-inflicted pressure and stress. And I wasn't coping well with this newfound success. The imposter syndrome and the worry that I'm going to be found out or that I'm going to tank or, heaven forbid, misspeak and get cancelled. Even though I don't know if that's even a rational fear or not. I just, you know, <coughs> make the wrong decision personally in my life about fucking what gender roles I want to assume what what how I want to present god it was just all coming down on me i was just the more shows i had to do presenting as female the more i was like jeez louise is this a 
where does the line between my career and personal life begin and end? And that's always a confusing thing when you're a comedian who kind of is an open book when you talk about your life. Yeah, I'll tell you this. This is this is secret sharing time. On that note, I might as well tell you guys a deep, dark secret that I didn't tell anyone until I told my therapist last week, and then I told my brother, and then all just kind of came out, and I started telling you everybody. Sort of. Uh, well, I've only told those two people so far, <laughs> but I might as well share it with you guys. Now that I've said it to somebody and been validated for it, uh, this is how far back my repression and uh, gender confusion, gender curiosity, gender uh, deviation goes, you know? Uh, when I was young, I used to, I'm sure as a kid, you would imagine what kind of superpower would I have if I wanted a superpower? What would it be? Oh, I would fly. Or, oh, I would be able to dig really, really fast. A hole, I would be able to dig a hole in the ground really, really fast and really deep. Or, or I would be able to hit a home run. <laughs> I don't know, whatever your, it, it always depended on how wide your imagination was at the time, right? Most people would pick flying, I guess, or super strength. Something that already exists in lore or canon of Marvel or DC or whatever. <clears throat> but get this, uh, as far back as I can remember, I used to wish that my superpower was the ability to switch genders at will. But uh, this is also very telling. I would do it as like an alter ego. Like I would fucking change into a, a sexy crime-fighting lady by night. And then, you know, at dawn... I would run home and then change back into a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of, it transcended age too, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, that's like, that was something that uh, I could always remember was the thing. And it was mostly like, just so nobody would ever find out. Nobody would know. Nobody would judge me for it. So even at a young age, there was a lot of, like, repression and, and shame around it. As early as the thought was there, the shame was the right there with it, you know? I remember th uh, growing up in Whitby, Ontario, suburban Whitby, Ontario, just outside of Toronto. And there used to be this local character in our tiny little downtown area who... Um, you know, back then, transvestite would have been the word you would use they were gender fluid they they cross-dressed i guess they uh i don't know if their name was terry but and i don't know who i found this out from but people would refer to them as terry the fairy and it was terrible and really mean but that was the thing you just saw terry walking around and you'd be like yeah there goes terry the fairy <laughs> So, I just, you know, I don't know where the story is going, but I think I'm trying to say that uh, those little things, those little tiny things, those references, man, they, it's amazing how they come back, and when you think back on them as an adult, and you're like, man, that was really cruel, and it really had an effect on me long term, like, hearing the way people laughed at that guy, it was like, oh wow, uh, these things that I myself am feeling 
are really not good. They're going to get you a lot of ridicule. They're going to get you ostracized. And sure as fuck don't want any of that. Because everybody loves me as this overachieving golden child. Hope I never burn out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You know what? To, uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting reflecting back on that shit. The origins of shame and uh, repression. It's just wild. But when you recognize them, I wonder if there's you can kind of undo them. I wonder. It still exists somewhere down there. I still feel weird. I uh, I presented as female in front of my parents this weekend. They came over and they dropped off a care package full of delicious food. And they hung out with me for a couple hours. We had some tea and water and cider and shot the shit. And my dad's seen me presenting that way a handful of times, but my mom never has. So it, she is probably the last person who hasn't. And I was really nervous about it, but, you know, they love me, and that's... They really showed up. They showed up, and I love them for it. And I told them so afterwards. And for an Eastern European family, for an old-school family like that, it, sh it sure as shit ain't easy. You gotta give these people credit for uh, looking past themselves and working past their... Their upbringing and their norm, their norm, their zeitgeist, the way they look at the world. They did that for me, and that matters. That's cool. I sure as shit probably wasn't comfortable for them, but they relaxed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much. My family gets really uncomfortable when I talk about them publicly. Even though, you know, most of the time it's good stuff. <laughs> We're all fucking human. Uh... Heaven forbid I tell you guys how much my sister farts. She's a great farter, and she's a champion burper. I have three sisters, so I won't tell you which one. I'll save face that way. It could be any of my three sisters. <laughs> You'll never know, And but if she ever listens to this, she'll know, and she'll be mad at me for saying so. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But yeah, you gotta. I gotta figure out how how much all this matters to me. When people ask me for my pronouns, I feel like such a jerk. I feel like a jerk for being like I, I don't know. If I'm a lady, then you'll know, and she would be cool. But fuck, if I'm not pulling it off, then I don't want you to feel like an an, an idiot. I don't want you to go through that cognitive dissonance in your brain where you're like, call him she. This is a girl. And you're like twitching and you're guilt, guilt. Because your brain can't fucking malfunction. You look at my jawline that could take a punch from Tyson in his prime. And you're like, she, woman. Ah, oh, man. I'm like transphobic against myself. <laughs> that shit's got to change. This is me beating, beating any potential haters to the punch. That's really all it is. When I make fun of myself, I'm doing it. So that, so that whatever people are thinking of saying to me, I've already said it. So now, if you try it, you're just being unimaginative and redundant, you fucking idiot. So I still sort of win, even though I'm tearing myself a new one. Amazing how human psychology works. All this shit. It's not good for me. It's not good. But, I will say this. 
talk about patting myself on the back, you know what? Here's two more things I'm going to say real quick. Because I'm really mixing in some negativity. I got mixing some positivity to make a white chip macadamia cookie. No, 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 no. I'm making an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. Because the oatmeal part of the cookie sucks. But it's still a cookie and it's still got chocolate chips. And now those are delicious. My roommate and friend and his girlfriend love oatmeal cookies. And I think it's so wrong and gross and dumb. Oatmeal cookies are stupid. Why? Why did? Why is that even a thing? <laughs> oatmeal cookies. Get the fuck out of here. Why is oatmeal a thing? What am I, a horse? For you to have to put the, those two words and mash them together into one word, oat and meal, the fact that you threw meal in there just to sell it to people as food. You have to be like, hey, listen, we know... It's oats. We know how it looks. We know how oats sounds. But it's a meal. Trust us. You can eat it. You can't just eat oats. You gotta make it a meal. What am I, a horse? What am I? Who am I? Fucking... Uh... Silver... Fang? <laughs> what the fuck is that horse's name? Oh no, another reference. That was me again, trying to, I was started the sentence and I was like, here it comes. I'll remember it by the time it, the time comes. I'm counting on it and I didn't. God, what's that horse's name? The really famous one from like 15 years ago. So, so it started with an S. I'm gonna have to pause this and look it up like a chump. Silver, silver, silver fox, sandbag, salmonella, swam, swam, swang, 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 wang, swang, swang, ching dong, um, fucking sadness. There was something sad in there, right? Sad girl, sad, sad teenage girl. Oh, fuck, I'll be back. Okay, it was either Secretariat or Seabiscuit. Those are, it was, I was thinking of two horses in one because both of them started with S and those are the two most famous horses. Except for, uh, what was the talking one? See, now I gotta look that up. I have famous horses typed into my Google and now I'm gonna add talking. Famous talking <laughs> horses. Fam Mr. Ed, that's his name. <clears throat> How many famous talking horses are there? Seabiscuit and Secretariat and Mr. Ed. Oh, man. Horses. Any horse girls out there? If you don't know what I mean, then you don't know. I knew a couple horse girls growing up. Girls that are just obsessed with horses. And you know what? I never really seemed to quite get it. But the more I think about it, and this might be, okay, let me just unwrap this as I go. But I think part of the fascination with horses are, I think there's like a strength and control dynamic, you know? And a little bit of romance. Horses are often associated with like, with romance. Princesses and princes riding around, royalty, fucking Victorian era, some guy... On a horse, you know, giving a girl a rose on a horse. <laughs> There's no modern version of that. Horses are fucking romantic as shit. You can't see, you can't imagine a guy handing a rose 
through the window of his Honda Civic to a girl in her Prius. That's not romantic. That's just weird. So horses. Not only do they have a historic association with romance, but I think there's something about control and power where, like, you can totally... Pretty much you can dominate and control this big beast that could crush your head like an egg with their hooves. Super powerful, super super strong, fast. And then the human ability to tame it and to have it give you affection is like... is There's probably a dynamic there that is worth dissecting. Not to like make it gross or kinky or whatever, but I'm sure that, you know... There's some element to that. <clears throat> What's the saying? Everything is about sex and sex is about power. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that. But it always stuck out in my head and I was like, I wonder if that's true. My instinct was to be like, that's bullshit. But because I heard it when I was six and I didn't know anything about sex, but now I don't know. I don't think sex is all about power, but maybe. Maybe I'm not thinking about it enough. That's my pragmatic approach to life. I approach everything pretty agnostically. Where it's like, you know, I could tell you what I think. But I may have sh a shit ton of blind spots in my logic. And my lived experience could be different. So maybe sex is about power. Sometimes it is. That could be fun. You know? Gentlemen. Uh, you guys out there, you ever smash your prostate? Smash it up. Smash, smash, smash it up. Smash up your prostate. It's healthy. Give it a little exercise. The little walnut-shaped little guy there. I don't know. You know, everybody always calls it walnut-shaped. That's so specific. I've never heard anything otherwise. How big is a walnut? I forget. Like a peach pit? Is that the same? But peach pit sounds nicer for something that can be located... Through your pooper. Through your poop shoot. Don't, don't call it a walnut. Walnuts are brown. I guess there's an association with nut, busting a nut, smashing up your prostate, your walnut-shaped thing, and then nutting. Maybe there's something there. Some people treat their butthole like they're allergic. Like they won't ever put a thing in there. That it's super gay to put it... I, I see every once in a while somebody will share a thing by some idiot out there who's like... Yo, uh, uh, if your girlfriend puts your, her finger in your butt, you're gay. And it's like, nah, man, that's still hetero as fuck. Is it a woman? Are you having sex with a woman? Then it's fine. Men with their fucking insecurities around sex. Jesus Christ. Live a little, Brian. Smash your prostate. Smash up your little peach pit there. It's sweet. See, maybe we just need to change the stigma by changing the visualizations. Smash up your peach pit. I shouldn't say smash. Tickle your peach pit. Give a little tickle. Give a little tickle. Hello. Tickle, 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 tickle. Hello. I said Brian. I don't know why the, I think of this. My So my roommate and friend who appeared on an episode, episode seven, I believe, two episodes ago, uh, he makes apps, and I pitch him lots of ideas sometimes, and some of them are good, some of them are genius, and this one app idea I had is a game where 
uh, it's kind of Tinder style, where a picture of a real human being <clears throat> will flash. And then you swipe right or left, depending on whether or not you think their name is Brian. And the app is called, the game is just called, Is It Brian? And, and uh, algorithmically, if that's a word, mathematically, <coughs> there's a 1 in 10 chance that there will be a Brian. And we'll take, like, real Brians from Facebook and shit. People who, like, call themselves Brian. So it'll be real. So there's an element of... So there's an element of uh, stakes involved. There are stakes. You want to get it right. Every time you get a real... Identify a real Brian in real life. So you say, hell, this sounds like a silly game with no fucking point. What is the point? And I'm like, yo, it'll help you work on your identifying Brian skills. You'll be able to, with maybe better than a 1 in 10 chance, if you start to get really good, you could... You could have, like, you could get up to, like, a 25% chance of identifying correctly a Brian in the wild. And isn't that a skill we could all use? Don't you want to be able to, like, meet somebody and then as you reach to shake their hand, or I guess we're never shaking hands again after this whole thing, after you do a deep bow as you introduce yourself and you're like, hey, I'm Alval, and then as they're about to introduce you themselves, you go, oh, you know what? You interrupt and you're like, I know, you're Brian. And they'll be like, They'll do that anime, that anime breathless gulp. Where they're just stunned. Because you got it right, because you played Is It Brian a whole bunch of times. And you mastered the art of identifying a Brian in the wild. So look, my ideas sound stupid at first until you really think about it. And then you'll be able to identify Brian in the wild with up to a 15% accuracy. Okay, I can't guarantee any more because the algorithm is 10%. So if you get up to like 15, I think that's kind of impressive. That's pretty good. Identify a Brian in the wild? Sick. I want that gift. You know what? If I could go back to young me wishing that I could transform into a sexy crime-fighting woman by night, I would introduce, hey, but you know what? How would you like to be able to identify a Brian with just like that? Snap of the fingers. That's a Brian. I bet young me would have been like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then all of my gender shit would be gone and I would just be a regular old cis-heteronormative guy. <laughs> and my comedy career wouldn't go anywhere because I wouldn't put on a wig and a dress. So maybe that's bad. I don't know. Hey, you gotta be grateful for all the shit that happens in your life, good and bad. Your trauma is part of what makes you. Your struggle is part of what makes you, you know? Sucks at the time, but fuck. As you, what is life worth living if you're not fighting your demons, fucking battling your dragons? Everybody's got a quest. I'm going to take a sip of this Tucci while you reflect on that. <sighs> I have another idea for an app uh, called Make a Dog Sit in a Chair Like a Human. And it's pretty much 
uh, as I've described. It's one of those word command games. There are no controls except you input text commands. So there will be a and it'll be super pixelated and you'll see a dog and you'll see a table with a chair at it or just an empty room with a dog and a chair. Uh, that'll be what you unlock. You can unlock things like a table and a painting on the wall. But at first, all that happens is just a dog and a chair. And you put in different commands. You can say like, uh, put a treat on the chair. And then the game would respond to your commands. So it would be like, dog wanders up to chair, dog eats treat, but is still standing on the ground. And then you'd have to find creative ways to try and get the dog to sit in the chair like a human, with his legs hanging off the side and his paws up in the air. Oh man, wait till you unlock the table. Holy shit. That's when the game really gets interesting. <laughs> oh man. But then I thought, uh, this was kind of a twisted idea, and I hate to spoil the ending. So initially in the beta test, We'll beta test this idea out and see if it uh, hits with people. But I thought it would be funny if no matter what you did, most of the responses would be, the dog does nothing because it is a dog, not a human, and it cannot sit in a chair like a human. And that's pretty much what it would say every time. <clears throat> or maybe it would say that every time you got close to the, to the answer and close to like beating the game. But there's got to be a way to beat the game. There's got to be some clever... So you know what? I, I won't make it impossible. That's just a funny joke to me, but not funny to anyone else playing the game. So I'm going to be real about it. There's got to be a way you can make the dog sit in the chair, and then you can unlock the painting, and the table, and a vase, or a vase, or however you pronounce it if you're from Paris, or from the rest of the world. A vase, Silvu play. And a plate, Silvu plate on the table so you unlock and skins for the dog you can change the dog it can be a chihuahua for added difficulty it can be a chihuahua because it's harder to get the chihuahua to jump up onto the chair and then manipulate himself so his legs are hanging off the side that is hard talk about hard games man i should design games is it brian and make a dog sit in a chair like a human boom two games right there game idea number three all right, look, and this one is also legit. I'm not making these up as I go. I've had, I've given these a lot of thought. <laughs> this is another idea, and this one's my favorite, actually, because it's the most realistic. Let's be honest. It's called Algus Jump, and it's me, and it's a side-scroller, uh, very much like... I think it's Super... super I think it's called Mar Super Mario Jump, but I had this idea... Before Super Mario Jump came out, I swear to God, and uh, we're basically like, it's a it's a two dimensional side scrolling game, and your character is running from the left side of the screen to the right, uh, but it's a never ending like a treadmill. So like the the uh, a fucking environment is generating itself, and like you're on the left side of the screen, and you're running, and you're running, and you're running, and there's only one button, and that's to jump, like you're running automatically, and you're running down an alleyway that never ever ends, and jumping over homeless people. And that's it, it's called Algus Jump. And it's gonna have sick 8-bit music, 
That's like something like that. I just made that part up. That's pretty cool though. Listen, hey, this is my recommendation to you. Speaking of 8-bit, listen to your favorite rock songs. Go to YouTube and type in your favorite rock song, but type in 8-bit version and listen to that. I'm sure there's an 8-bit version of it out there. I I have found some of my favorite songs. 8-bit track sounded like super stripped down. Sounds like it's playing out of a Super Nintendo. And it's really rad. I think it sounds really dope. It's like a remix, like a retro remix of cool songs. So I say do it. Fucking pause this thing and look up your favorite rock tune, just 8-bit style. And I'm sure there's a version of it. It's pretty sick. May I recommend Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll by Blue Oyster Cult. There's an 8-bit of that. Um... Take On Me by AHA. I'm sure there's an 8-bit version of that. I haven't looked that up personally, but I love that song. Uh, Fucking look up uh, Lay Down by Priestess. 8-bit version. Super sick. Do it. By the way, there's also... uh, Well, if you're going down a rabbit hole, I also recommend Shitty Flute. Look up Shitty Flute versions of all of your favorite songs. Uh, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Shitty Flute is super hilarious. I've seen that one shared a million times. AHA's Take On Me, speaking of, that's what made me think of this. Uh, Look up Shitty Flute, AHA, Take On Me. It's so funny. Because by the end of the song, they've added like two or three more layers of Shitty Flutes. And by the way, I haven't even described what it is. It's basically somebody playing a recorder. They're doing like... Like, the backing track is still on, but they're playing the lead melody or the vocals or or whatever on a recorder, and it's almost as if they've just started learning how to play. Or they're, like, intermediate and under-practiced. So it's all off-key, and the notes barely match up. It's just super funny. I remember sending Aha's take on me shitty flute to my family and they were like, what the fuck is this? None of them thought it was funny. Meanwhile, I'm crying laughing, listening to it like five times over. Oh, my throat is starting to get hoarse. My throat is starting to get Secretariat and Seabiscuit. Oh man, what a weird callback that was. I haven't spoken at all about any of the things that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about. Nothing. Fucking nothing. This has all just been chill. Chilling like a villain. I always wonder how much material I'm going to have for these things. Turns out, I can talk out of my asshole for days. For days. I I can lob words past my tickly little peach pit out of my brown tunnel into the air, into this microphone. And not even sanitize it. All my dirty words and swear words and explicit language. So naughty. Mm. Maybe I should tell... Okay, I'll tell a story. From my youth. While we're talking about youth. Um, and my family is in, in this story a little bit. 
But of course, I will always tell it with respect and honor. Um, so, in my brother is two years older than me, and he uh, obviously we went to the same schools, and we would ride the bus together. And he, in grade eight, you know, I always looked up to him. He's two years older than me. He could kick my ass until I learned a strategy where I would lay on my back and just kick out with my feet like a bike. And once I learned that, it was game over. He did, he no longer could kick my ass as easily. He used to pin me with his knees on my arms. Let's see if anybody can relate to this who has older siblings. He would, like, <clears throat> take me down and then drop his knees on my biceps so my arms would be incapacitated and he would basically sit on my chest and he would do like a, a spit he would drool a spittle stream out of his mouth and he was so fucking professional at it he would dangle it two inches from my nose off of my face and he would waggle his face and make it look like it was about to break and drop on me, it was the most disgusting thing, and there was nothing I could do, except, like, blow up at it, and shake my head vigorously, I was, I would be pinned down, it's the most helpless feeling of all times, and he would torture me with that shit, anyways, and I looked up to him for it, <laughs> what a weird fucking dynamic, <coughs> oh, oh man, my mind is flying in a million different directions, talking about my brotherly dynamic, pretty funny, man, I'll I'll save that for later. I'll write that down and save that for later because this is I I got to get to this story. <coughs> okay, so um so we would ride the bus together and I always looked up to him. He was he was always the until I started doing stand up. He was always the funny one in the family. He was always the clown. Everybody thought he was hilarious. I was really quiet and I just observed and always looked up to him. Right. And he was a big goof. He loved to be silly and goofy. And he was one of, like, the funniest dudes to his friends, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I would have to ask him. But I remember when we rode the bus, of course, uh, as, as the social hierarchy goes when you're a kid, the oldest, coolest kids always sit at the back, further towards the back, you know? And so my brother was always at the back, and I would sit... You know, further up, but close enough that I could, you know, turn my head and see what those rambunctious little tykes were up to. And my brother used to moon people, cars. He used to drop his pants and press his little 13-year-old <coughs> cheeks. Little fucking pale 13-year-old cheeks. Flap, right up against the back window. <laughs> oh, man. See, I'm 32 and I still think that shit's funny. He would moon the cars following the bus on its route. And there was something as a kid that's just so, like, taboo about that. And being like, holy shit. And then you would hide behind your chair and be like, holy shit, did they, did they see? Did they see it? What do they, what do they look like? Did they see it? Are they mad? And you'd freak out because you'd be like, oh, I hope my parents never find out I did this. But my brother used to treat it so cavalier. He used to be like, ah, you know what? Fuck them. Who cares? Kiss my ass through this back windshield, you know? Through this emergency escape. Uh, so he used to do that in grade 8 all the time. And nothing. He never suffered any consequences, right? So, you know, I would, I would think about this often. Until the beautiful day came. Fucking grade 8. I've risen the ranks. 
I'm sitting at the back of the bus. The, the baton has been passed. The torch has been passed. A new generation of cool kids is sitting back there goofing around. Kids looking back there like, oh, I can't wait to be like those cool guys <laughs> playing Pokemon and pressing their little cheeks against the window. So, you know, I'm like super pumped because now it's my turn to pass on this family tradition <laughs> of mooning people at the back of the bus. So I had only done it like three times. This was like the third time I'd done it. And um, I did it and naturally the coward in me like jumped behind the chair after I did it. And uh, all my friends are like, oh my God, she's so pissed. She's so pissed. The lady behind is so pissed, man. She's so mad. And they kept, you know, they kept saying it. And I was like, and I couldn't tell if they were doing that just to freak me out because they could tell that I was really nervous or if they were being for real. And lo and behold, uh, the next day or maybe even the day of, I can't remember if I did it in on the way to school or from, maybe it was from. And uh, yeah, it may have been from. Yeah, that'll make more sense because the next day I get pulled out of class by the principal and I'm standing in the hallway with the guy and he's like, um, we have a really, we had a really troubling visit from someone yesterday that came into the office and complained about a little blonde boy um, dropping his pants and exposing, this is a fucking principal mode, um, dropping his pants and exposing his posterior out the back window of the school bus. And she reported, she gave a description that very much uh, seems like it would have been you. <clears throat> Do you have anything to say? And immediately in that moment, to my credit, to my little kid credit, I was like, you know what? I'm cornered. There's no way I can bullshit my way out of this. Although, in retrospect, I wonder if I can just deny, 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 deny. But they probably would have grabbed another kid. It's so easy to get kids to snitch on each other. There is no loyalty among 13-year-olds. <laughs> so, I, maybe that factored into my young mind. I'm not sure. Probably. But I was like, you know, there's no way out of this. It's gonna, it's gonna be an excruciating process, so I might as well just cop to it. And I was like, yeah, that was me. It's, it's great that the lady, like, I love the idea that the lady, so I found out later that the lady, like, followed the school bus through its entire route, watched me get off the bus, took, like, a snap photo of me in her brain, <clears throat> and I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know if school bus drivers go back to the school, or if they take the bus home. Fuck, I never thought about that. Do school bus drivers take their bus home? Do they park? Do they have a deep garage that they park it in? Fuck! I never thought about this, because look, I've seen school buses parked at schools in after hours, but I've also seen school buses parked in fucking driveways. I have in smaller towns, so maybe some people do take their work home with them in the form of a giant yellow bus. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I don't, so I don't know what the truth is here. Wow, wow. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to have to Google search, do school bus drivers 
own their buses and take them home. God, I feel like I know the answer to this and I'm really being stupid, but I need to know for sure. No, maybe not. I don't want to ever find out. I want to go on believing that school bus drivers own their buses. They have to buy a bus to be a school bus driver. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so stupid. Anyways, okay, back to the story. So the lady, I just love the idea that the lady went in and was like, fucking traumatized and shaking like oh oh my god you wouldn't believe the thing i just saw choking on her words <laughs> i i was i was flashed with the tiny little buttocks the white porcelain buttocks of a young child and i want consequences i want justice justice for mabel and this lady described me. He's a young boy, blonde hair, blue eyes. His cheeks, there was a mole on the upper left side, you know, as if they were going to, like, line us up like a police uh, fucking search. Like a, like a culprit suspect thing. Line us up like a suspect line. All right. Uh, number five, can you turn around? Okay. Number four, can you drop your pants, please? Just below the crack. Is it, is it that one, ma'am? Yes, it was number four. It was four. I would never forget the dimples. <laughs> I'll never forget those dimples. What, on his face? No, no, not on his face. <laughs> oh, man. I hope you guys listened this far, because I hope this story is entertaining. I think it's, I think it's funny looking back, but check it out. So I got in huge trouble for that. I don't know, maybe current culture that would be seen as sexual assault. Maybe I'm I'm uh guilty of fucking sexual assault. 13-year-old on 55-year-old action. Oof, that's a that's rough. I don't know, am I am I canceled now? Should I stop recording? I uh so I got in big trouble naturally. Uh this is how I handled it. Uh my my mom is the disciplinarian mostly in our family. I mean, my dad also is a disciplinarian, but my mom had wrath. My dad is usually like a little bit more, uh, I don't know. Yeah. My dad could get mad, but my mom is, can get mad, madder. My mom can get real mad. Anyways, uh, it was her wrath that I was terrified of. I was afraid of both of them, but I was terrified fear of God in my heart at how my mom would respond. So when I came home, my brother and sister, who were already home, who already beat me home because they went to high school and I think they got off earlier, and they were watching TV, and I remember when I got home, they were like, Mom's not here, but she is pissed. What did you do? She's pissed. You are so fucked. The same way older siblings, like, relish younger ones getting in trouble. They were just eating it up. They are like... Oh, I can't wait to see what she does to you. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm going to run away. I won't be home. When she gets back here, I won't be home. I'm packing my stuff in a bindle sack and I'm going to jump on the first train out of here. Uh, but that obviously wasn't an option. So this is what I thought to do. I planked in my room on my bed with the lights off face down. I 
that's all I could think of to do was just, um, I planked before planking was cool. Dude, I'm a fucking trendsetter. It was, it was, I was great. It was grade eight, right? So I would have been 13. It would have been like 2001, maybe 2000, grade seven or something, grade seven, eight. And anyways, uh, so I just, I turned off the lights in my room and I laid face down on my bed with the lights off with my arms at my sides and my legs stretched out straight. I just planked face down into my pillow and just awaited the wrath of God. Just, I just sat there in darkness and dread and just preparing myself for the worst. And my mom came home and she was livid. She was furious, fucking screamed at me. Uh, I naturally had, I was grounded for two weeks, no TV or video games, which at that age, man, that's all I was doing. So that was excruciating. And uh, my bus privileges were revoked for those two weeks. I had to walk to school and I will never forget the feeling of the bus driving by with all my friends in it, fucking laughing out the window at sucker me with my pants pulled up around my belly button. Belt tied tight, so so the integrity never fails. Nobody's gonna see my ass ever again. <laughs> Not even when I lose my virginity, I'm gonna have my underwear wrapped right up again, up up my bum. No one's seeing my ass for the rest of my life. I'm a never nude now, like Tobias Funke in Arrested Development. I'm gonna have jorts on under everything all the time. I'm a never nude now, mom and dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah, I, uh, I suffered the punishment. My siblings ate up every second of it. They loved it. Uh, and it's funny talking about it now because my mom still hasn't... She'll, like, smirk about it when we talk about it. She's kind of finally come around. But I know that she's still pretty embarrassed by that behavior. She was really humiliated. But my dad thought it was hilarious. And that is so funny. At the time... You know, he put on a supportive, he put on a parent face and he backed my mom 100% on this and they both worked together to to bring my punishment, to pass down my punishment. But I only found out years and years later, my dad was like, whoa, man, when, when your mom called me at work to be like, you wouldn't believe what our boy did today and got in trouble for. I am so humiliated. This is excruciating. And when she, when she finally told him, he had to like stifle a laugh. My dad thought it was hilarious. So it's kind of funny learning that shit about your parents years and years and years later when you're like, oh man, at the time I thought you thought this one way when really the older you get, the more you realize your parents had a sense of humor and made and are human and see these things in their own adult ways, you know? Anyways, uh, I don't know if there's any more to add about that story. Yeah, well, dredging up a lot of my past in this one. So you get a better picture of the person I am today. I am a never nude who wishes I could fight crime as a woman by night with my jorts underneath my skin tight onesie. So it looks like I'm wearing a diaper. Man, that chick is sexy. Look at those hips. No, those aren't hips. She's just wearing jorts underneath her costume. Oh, why is that? 
I don't know, some story about how a seven-year-old, a 13-year-old boy mooned a lady. Oh, yeah, okay, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. So I played, uh, like three years later, I played football on the Oshawa Hawkeyes. And I say hawk eyes, like the eyes of a bird, a hawk. But no matter, but if you say it, normally it always sounds like I'm saying hot guys. I played for the Oshawa Hot Guys football team. <laughs> Why didn't they fucking think of that? That's so dumb. I always thought of that. Yeah, I played for the Oshawa Hot Guys. Anyways, I played football on this team, and there was one of my teammates was the son of the lady, of the victim. And I always, I always, you know, throughout that punishment, I still deep down was like, hey, fuck you, lady. Get a fucking sense of humor. But by the other side of the coin, man, I, you know, I also see how women experience a lot of that shit all the time. Just male gross senses of humor and sexual harassment takes its, takes forms in many forms. But also at the same time, lady, it's, I'm a 13 year old kid just pressing my ass against the fucking school doors. I don't know where the line is, but I still to this day resent her. <laughs> like fucking get a fucking sense of humor. Relax a little bit, you know? You've seen an ass before. Come fucking poop and farts come out of that thing. <laughs> come on, it's fucking dumb and silly and funny. But whatever. I remember the son. And that's the thing. When I met the son, the son was like, Hey, you're the guy who mooned my mom. And I was like, yeah, man. Why, why did your mom have such a stick up her ass? No pun intended about it. And he was like, no, she thought it was hilarious. I'm like, no, she did not. Don't try and cover for your mom. What do you think? I she was fucking laughing her way to to the school. Oh, 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 oh. I can't wait to tell the staff. I can't wait to tell the entire staff about this hilarious young boy. Let's give him an extra award. Let's give him extra chocolate milk on Chocolate Milk Day. No. She didn't go back there to be like, hey, you've got a comedian in your midst that you need to foster. No. She was a grump, and she took out her grumpiness on me. Anyways, I think that's the kind of shit that you can discipline out of a child to show them that eventually later on in life sexual harassment isn't cool or funny. Because who knows how it would have manifested if that shit got out of control. Who knows, you know? Somebody was telling me about a game that, uh, like, all the dudes in her high school used to play. Where they used to, like, take out their nuts and, and squeeze them real tight so they looked like a brain or something. And they would be like, it's the brain game. You're like, that's not a brain. You're just flashing people. You're nuts. So I guess there, I don't know, if we're, if all things are equal, then there's no difference between an ass and a nuts, and I am a sexual harasser. And maybe by telling this story, I've just landed myself on a government list. So I just wanted to purge that story, the time that I mooned someone at 13 years old and paid the price. That's rehabilitation. I got rehabbed out of it, and I haven't mooned anyone since. Except for, uh... 
you know, partners over the years as a joke to be like, hee hee, look, it's my bum. You know, that's a safe play. You can get away with that one. Context, lines, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, if only I could go back and talk to young me. All right, we're 10, we're 12 minutes over this shit. So I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, it's St. Patty's Day this week. Have a good time. Don't party too hard. Don't take big risks and kiss a stranger. We're still in this together. We're still locked down from a lot of you until September. Yikes. So now we have, I guess, a more firm end goal in sight, man. Remember Secretariat and Seabiscuit. Okay? All right. You guys take care of yourselves, man. Thanks for listening. Share this like this. If you like what I'm doing, share it and like it. I think it's fun to do just shooting the shit in my room. And I hope you guys who join me for this feel connected in some way. Because I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know who's listening, but if you are, just know that in some weird roundabout way, I do feel connected to you, the listener. You're out there. I like to think you're out there and you hear me. And whether or not you approve of when I mooned a woman, you know, hopefully you can admit that we're all fucking fighting our dragons and demons, right? And I hope you're slaying yours, baby. Slay, baby, slay. All right. Uh, that's it. I'm going to play a jam that I played today. Here we go. Bye. That's like a shitty recorded version of Lay Down. That's not very good. I should have picked something else, but it's too late now because this is how I do the technology. I just fucking press my phone up against the mic and I'll... And I'm not making any promises, but I'll work on figuring that tech stuff out. If you're a producer, please help me. Okay, bye.